Hi, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Hi, this is... I am a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. That's not good. And my work is focused on healing core wounds, life purpose work, sacred union work and uh, intuitive readings and coaching. The website again, sacredspacehealing.org. So today's podcast is looking at the topic of gaslighting and in your, and your healing journey. So gaslighting in healers, gaslighting in teachers. So gaslighting is a term that's often used in um, conjunction with narcissists or narcissism. Um, and essentially what it means is gaslighting is where your experience, your emotional um, experience, your journey is belittled in some way. It's it's negated. It's, um, you know, you're told it's all in your imagination. You're making it up. You're overreacting. You're being a victim. Um, you're, uh, you're somehow to blame for your experience. Like, that's kind of what gaslighting is. And I think um, in spirituality, in inverted commas, and in healing, we seem to have gotten to a place where spirituality and healing is kind of gaslighting us all the time and telling us that, you know, if something is happening in your life or has happened to you, it's it's because you created it or it's karma um, or it's because you're having, you know, negative thoughts or if you're in a situation uh, in your life that feels quite defeatist, you know, like you feel quite trapped in a situation that you're being a victim. Now, I think it's important to recognize that we have we have archetypes. So we have like the bully archetype, the victim archetype, um, the seducer, the miser, the philanthropist, um, the mother, the goddess, um, and so on, right? The trickster. These are all archetypes. And, and I do believe that we embody these archetypes. And we have some of them more prominently playing out in our lives than others. So at, at various points in our lives, we can be more aligned with, say, the victim archetype or the saboteur or the bully or the seductress or the miser um, or the aggressor, you know, any one of these we can be more aligned with. And that's kind of, that can be for lots of reasons. It can be conditioning, it can be because that's all we've ever known, it can be because that feels comfortable, it can be a defense mechanism, and it can be unlearned, and all we need to do is really just kind of recognize, oh, look, I'm in, you know, I'm in miser archetype today, or I'm in bully archetype, or let me, let me go to the opposite of that, you know, or let me go to the, another archetype, let me try being the mother, or let me try being the philanthropist, or let me try being um, the aggressor, or let me try being the victim, you know, whatever it is, like, we can switch it up, we can play, we can be playful with this, but I think what can happen in spirituality, in inverted commas, in gaslighting, in sort of unhealthy healing and spirituality, is um, we, get, we get given these labels as if they are um, a way to negate our experience. So I will sometimes say to clients, you know, you're, you're stuck in victim mode um, or you're operating from victim mode right now. And it's interesting to, to hear the responses to that, like often clients can take offense to that and feel that I'm criticizing them but I always say 
there's nothing wrong with being a victim. You know, like we can feel like we're a victim of circumstance or that like, you know, life has made us be a victim and there's nothing wrong with being in that state, but it's just recognizing that we're in that state and it's not serving us. Um, and that it's important for us, I think, to uh, accept victimhood, to be in that place, to, to sort of explore everything that comes with victim. Um, and then to, to consciously make the decision to move out of that. So I never say victim as a way of putting someone down or making them feel bad about themselves. It's just kind of identifying an archetype. But it can be used in healing circles and from healers as a way to sort of negate our experience. So we go to a healer and we say, well, this is happening and that's happening to me. And they turn around and they go, yeah, what I can hear is that you're stuck in victim. You're being a victim. Um, and obviously, because you're being a victim, you're attracting these situations to you. Now, that to me, I've come to realize over the years, is gaslighting. I think to an extent, when we're stuck in victim mode, we can attract certain situations to us. But sometimes really bad things can happen to really good people. Like sometimes you can be doing everything right. You can be doing your mantras and your meditations and your clearing practices and your healings and, you know, your salt baths and all the rest of it. And shit still happens to you. And that's not because there's something in you that's attracting it to you or there's, you know, something in you that's unresolved or any of that stuff. Sometimes bad stuff happens to good people and sometimes good things happen to bad people. Like I think we just need to accept that as a truism. There is also um, a further sort of truth, if you like, in healing, which is that if there is something in you, like a curse or um, stuck energy or a thought form or a belief or programming that you've been operating under, that can attract similar experiences to you and you don't really understand why because it seems at odds with your conscious waking self. So often when people are stuck in kind of a mode, like victim mode, aggressor mode, miser mode, seductress, seductor, um, trickster, whatever it is, it's because there's actually something, there's like a code, there's like a thing, a system operating within them that they're not even aware of. And that's when the deeper healing needs to come in. But I think when we go to a healer and we explain what we're feeling and the healer turns around and goes, oh, well, you see, this is happening to you because it's karma or this is happening to you because you've called it to yourself or this is happening to you because you're being a victim. That's often gaslighting. Gaslighting can go to an, another stage, which is, um, and I've talked about this in Toxic Healers before in podcasts, is that you go to your healer or your teacher and you're in dire need and they assist you and you have a great session and you realign and as you realign, wonderful things happen. And then it doesn't stick. You know, then you find yourself falling back into old patterns or, or actually it gets even worse than it ever was before. And so you, you have to go back. And you go back to the healer and the teacher and they say, oh, it didn't stick because you, you know, you didn't do the homework or we need to do this deeper piece of work. And so you do the deeper piece of work and then you feel good and then it doesn't stick. And then you go back again and they say, oh, we need to do another deeper piece of work and, you know, or you didn't do the homework or whatever. And then things change and then it doesn't stick. And I think if you find yourself in patterns like that for uh, over a year, for anything longer than a year, you need to question the authenticity of this healer now, obviously when there's deep-seated trauma when there's a lot of big stuff that's happened it can take a long time to heal and we sometimes take a step forward and then we take 10 steps back and so forth but if you find that you go for healing you feel great and then it gets worse again 
And that is your pattern with this healer. You need to question the authenticity of that healer because some of the biggest toxic healers operate in that way that you momentarily feel good and then it all falls apart. And because you felt good with that healer, you're going to come back to them when it's fallen apart and then they've got you. And what tends to happen, this is what I've come to realize, and it is very, very prevalent in the sort of twin flame healing community, but it works with most healing communities, is you go to see the healer and they start working with you and they, they subtly gaslight you. They tell you that your experiences aren't what you think they are. They tell you that it's karma, that if you were sexually abused or um, attacked or bad stuff has happened to you, you lost your home or, um, I don't know, you lost your job or whatever, that it, it's down to karma. It's down to your thought forms. You created this. And you're sort of subtly gaslighted to believe that it's your fault that you're in the situation that you're in right now, that you're the one creating your reality. No one else could possibly be influencing things for you, which... To an extent, there is a lot of truth in that. We are the creators of our own destiny. Everything around us is a creation of our imagination. But we live in a very diverse, multidimensional planet system. And we are also having to navigate other people's hopes and fantasies and desires and projections. So everything that happens to us isn't a construct of our thoughts. Everything that happens to us is a construct of our thoughts mixed in with programming, mixed in with psychic attack, mixed in with ancestry, mixed in with, um, you know, just being asleep, mixed in with rubbing up against other people's hopes and dreams and desires. So it's a subtle form of gaslighting to tell us that we have created this situation because now we feel like, well, I'm pretty shit because I've created this situation and only you can help me. So once that subtle gaslighting has happened... And then things shift and you go away and you see a shift in your healing and then you come back because things have started to fall apart. What tends to happen is you get pulled deeper and deeper into more programs of healing or what happens is you get pulled into Facebook groups, you get pulled into a community. And once you're in that community and everyone else is kind of feeding you know, the same stories is feeding you've, you the same kind of stuff that the ringleaders have created, you're kind of finding yourself in a cult. I think these days, gaslighting and a kind of cult mentality is going under the radar because our cults no longer exist in tents or, you know, buildings somewhere in the middle of the desert. Our cults exist on social media groups, these huge kind of healing groups that are set up, often twin flame groups and soulmate groups, but around other things like abundance or relationships. I mean, they tend to be around those two areas. And you can join these groups quite freely on social media and everyone is saying the same thing and you're only ever allowed to say the stuff that the people that lead the group tell you to say. You're not allowed a differing opinion and the moment you have a differing opinion, you're deleted from groups because dissension is not allowed and dissension is not allowed because there is a, um, a certain manifesto that the people that have set up that group want you to believe in. And that manifesto will funnel you towards healing programs, workshops, online groups, group calls. And all of these things cord us to these people. Suddenly when you join a, a group, any kind of social media group, and you're sharing personal information, first of all, millions, thousands, hundreds of people know your personal information. It can be used against you in any way. But secondly, you're now corded to that entire group. And your energy is at the prey of that entire group. And 
over time, should you, every time you log into social media, log into that group to see what's happening, you start to feel that these people are your family because you're hearing stories, you're seeing pictures, and you don't know what's true and what isn't because you don't know these people personally. You're not meeting with them. And then someone says, oh, I'm having this really, you know, this difficult problem, and up pops an admin of the group, and they say, oh, let me solve it for you. And you witness that exchange happen, and then someone else pops up and says, oh, I just did, you know, so-and-so's course, or I just had a private session with so-and-so, and it it was absolutely mind-blowing. You're now getting sucked into this frenzy of, I need to do, I need to do more healing, I need to do more courses with this person. And over time, it becomes a cult mentality. A lot of these people that run these groups, um, well, some of them actually believe they're the second coming. I mean, I'm not kidding. Some of them actually believe that they're Christ incarnate um, and Mary Magdalene, and they're here to kind of bring together humanity. I mean, quite a lot of them believe that. And others are, you know, their life story that they run you through, oh, I had nothing, and then I sat down and I meditated for two months, and now I've got, you know, millions, and I live on a beach house in Malibu. You don't know whether that's true or not. You know, you don't know whether this person actually lives on that beach house in Malibu or they're just kind of, you know, hiring it out so they can film these videos. You don't know whether they're an actor or, you know, how truthful their story is. You're just being sold something on social media and you're buying into it and you're buying into their programs. Any healer or teacher that can afford to get a film crew to come round to film them, I doubt their authenticity. I doubt their veracity. I doubt their intentions. Any healer or teacher that needs to be a superstar on social media or YouTube, I doubt their authenticity. Why on earth would you want to do that? The deepest work happens in silence. Gaslighting can happen uh, with teachers as well as healers. You might be sharing something in circle. You might be sharing something with a teacher and you're told that your experience is invalid that it couldn't possibly have happened, that you're stepping outside the boundaries of what you're meant to be doing, um, that what you're doing is wrong, that um, you need to be silenced in some way because you might be too outspoken in circle, you might be too outspoken in the workshop. And like, gaslighting is not to be confused with the fact that often you know, students and clients need to be boundaried and need to be disciplined within... Um, the confines of a workshop. You know, you can't have people running around spouting all kinds of stuff and insulting other people and being disrespectful to the work. So obviously there needs to be boundaries, but gaslighting is a negation of your experience. And how you will know that it's gaslighting is you will feel it in your gut. It will, it will make you feel like something's off. It won't feel quite right. You won't feel comfortable. You won't feel safe. You won't feel seen. You won't feel heard. The difficulty in the healing community is that people who go to healing often have a lot of trauma and they've often had to suppress their instinct and they've they've often gone against their instinct that's why they find themselves in in the situation that they're in now and because they're so vulnerable because they're doubting their instinct they become prime targets for healers who don't have integrity or for teachers who don't have integrity so the best advice that I can offer you is that whatever your gut is telling you, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's based on trauma or it's based on what's actually occurring in the situation, the baseline is always trust your intuition about any healer or teacher, and that includes me as well. 
Like always trust your intuition. Sometimes you'll be wrong. Sometimes your intuition won't be intuition. It will be fear. It'll be a trigger. It'll be a trauma from your past asking to be seen and heard. But that's valid too. But sometimes your, your intuition will be right. In my whole life, from my youngest memories to now, the biggest mistakes I've ever made are when I didn't listen to my gut, is when I pushed through. So when I had a feeling and I said, no, um, I need to push through on that because that's fear, or I need to push through on that because that's trauma, or that's a trigger, or that's just me playing safe. I need to push through. I need to push through because it logically makes sense, or I should push through because so-and-so told me to do this, or I should push through because, you know, um, this other person seems really nice, or their website seems really nice, or they, they had really clean, clear eyes when I talked to them, you know, like you look out for little signs, don't you? And then I look back over the experience and I go, nope, I knew. I knew I couldn't verbalize it, I couldn't put it into words, I couldn't rationalize it, but my gut knew. Don't ever defer to anyone other than your gut. Don't defer to tarot cards, don't defer to angel numbers, don't defer to healers, don't defer to readers, don't defer to your best friend, don't defer to your family, don't defer to your spirit guides, don't defer to your power animals, don't defer to anyone or anything other than yourself other than your gut because when the decision is made when the fallout happens when the fallout doesn't happen you are responsible for your journey you know success happens and we attribute it to our best friend to our coach to our healer to our guides to our you know angels to our power animals something goes wrong and we tend to blame ourselves but we can't pick and choose Make the decision based on your gut. Don't make a decision based on what someone's told you to do, no matter how revered or trusted you think they can be. Take advice, take opinion, but still make your own decision. I still feel that tarot cards and angel cards and healers and readers and all of that is just about offering you a spectrum of options, but ultimately do your own thing. And if it's wrong and if you feel that you're messing up and you're always making the wrong decision, Okay, so be it. That's work to look at. You know, are you always heading in a certain direction? Well, you can change that direction through awareness, but you'll never change that direction through awareness if you're constantly deferring your opinion to other people because you'll always have someone else that you can blame. You'll say, oh, I did it because of my healer. I did it because of that teacher. I did it because of that social media group or I did it because I did a tarot card reading or my guides told me or my angels told me. But if you did it because your gut told you, and it ends up being the wrong thing. You've got to sit down with your gut and say, what's going on here? Why am I going towards the things that are hurtful for me? And then that's when the healing starts and that's when the empowerment starts and that's when you become someone that will never be gas lit again. Because when someone turns around and negates your experience, you can stand up to them and say, actually, no, don't belittle my experience. Um, you know, I once had someone say that... Uh, he was talking about rape and he was talking about someone who'd been raped and he said that it was her karma, it was her karmic contract to be raped, that she had brought that on herself through karma. And I, and I said to him, well, how do, you, how do you justify that? Like, how do you justify childhood abuse? 
Like a child comes into the world and a child is innocent. They haven't accumulated karma by the age of three or four or five. So how do you justify that? And his justification for that for that was, well, it was a contract. You know, th that child came in with the contract to experience this because there was a lesson that they needed to experience or they decided to experience this so they could grow. And for a long time, I really bought into all of that spiritual speak. And now I see it as something quite toxic and destructive because it sort of gives the person who's had that experience nowhere to go. They're not allowed to be upset or angry or grieve because they're being told, oh, but it's down to your karma or it was a contract. You agreed to it in a past life or you agreed to it on a soul level. And suddenly if someone tells you that you agreed to incest or you agreed to rape or you agreed to a disability or a life-threatening illness through a soul contract, what are you meant to do with that information? It's like you're blaming yourself for the thing that happened to you. And I think that's the deepest, most toxic form of gaslighting. I think there is a truth to it. We do come in with contracts. There are certain people and situations that no matter how hard we try, we're sort of destined to meet and to have because there's lessons that we need to learn. But I don't believe that the lessons have to destroy us. And I don't believe that the lessons have to be horrific. And I do believe that in every one of those given moments, we have a choice. And often it's our choice that dictates the things that happen to us rather than some contract or karma. But all that happens is that with contracts and vows and agreements and karma in inverted commas is that the pull is so strong that we don't know that there's another choice. And so sometimes it is about working against intuition. Sometimes we're being pulled towards the very thing that is wrong for us, but it, we're being pulled towards it because it is a contract or it is a, you know, it is karma, it is a vow, it is an agreement, it is programming. And it doesn't feel right, but we're still compelled to do it. But we always have choice. We, can, we always had choice in every single moment. We had, you know, whatever happened to us, we had choice. And I think where the kind of the karma and the contract thing falls down is when it's around the area of kids and innocence. Because, yes, children, I suppose you could argue, have choice. But when you're very young, that choice is taken away from you. It's in the hands of an adult. And so all of those arguments about free will and karma and programming and, you know, contracts and vows, I mean, none of that matters when it, I don't, I don't think any of that counts or makes sense when it comes to a child. And that's when spiritual speak actually falls short and it lets us down. And I think that's why it's important to have a bit of realism with this and to say sometimes bad things happen to good people. They just do. And our healing is dependent on just accepting that and getting on with our lives rather than endlessly asking, why did this happen to me? Is it a karmic contract? Is it, you know, a past life? Is it uh, something that I could have done differently? Sometimes shit happens to good people. And what defines us is how we pick up the pieces and start again. And if we spend our life our lifetimes trying to work out why it happened we'll never move forward in our lives we just got to make the best of a situation and move forward and transform it and transform it and transform it the website is sacredspacehealing.org that's sacredspacehealing.org i pride myself on my authenticity i've never taken advantage of a client or a student i've never had an ulterior mo motive 
I've never um, abused any of my clients or my students in any way or form, not financially, not emotionally, not spiritually. When our work is done, I cut all cords and I don't hold on to them. I expect the work to be honoured and I expect my time to be honoured. And I recently did a podcast about you know, being a mindful client and how I'm so shocked that this month has been the first time in my entire career that I've had um, someone come to me and I created the work for them and I did two journeys for them and they never paid me for my time or my energy and I'm shocked and disgusted at their behaviour. Um, and it's the first time that it's ever happened to me. So it shows me that there's something that's changing in our consciousness when it comes to healing, that we're, we're valuing it less and less, we're respecting it less and less, I think, because it's so readily disposable and available these days on social media and it's lost its authenticity. And when healers start to abuse their position and healing loses its authenticity, the whole profession takes a beating. And I think this person not paying me is a kind of a sign of the times that we're in that even though I was 100% authentic and acted out of goodwill and didn't ask for payment up front and, you know, really kind of did things the old-fashioned way, that the times have changed and that we value healing a lot less now than we ever did. And I think that's because healers have abused their position for far too long. So I put these podcasts out there to educate any that listen to pick your healers and your teachers mindfully. It doesn't have to be me if I don't feel right. That's fine. Go to someone that it feels right with. But ensure that you, when you find the person that it feels right with, that you honor their time and you honor their expertise. And if it ever stops feeling right, walk away. And sometimes your intuition will be spot on and sometimes you'll be walking away because you're scared and you don't want to do the work. Well, that's your journey. But the bottom line is trust your gut. Always trust your gut. Sacredspacehealing.org Wherever you may be on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace and abundance. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.